Welcome to the Coffee Chat Podcast. This week, I chatted to Abigail King, owner of Free the Artist, a coaching business where she helps creatives get their finances in order. We chatted about all things finance for creatives, acting, and some fun rapid-fire questions. So grab a coffee and enjoy. Should I put my glasses on so I look like I'm doing something? Oh. Oh, hello there. What? Hi. Oh, hello. I am the Superman of the financial world. Yes. Oh, my God. I love how set up you are here. You've got your little Abby Free the Artist. I love it. You've got your microphone and you've got your glasses. Like, fake it till you make it is what I say. I agree. I agree. I haven't faked much today, so I'm here. <laughs> Good. We like that. Be your best authentic self. That's even exactly. better. It's just less catchy. Exactly. Um, welcome to the Coffee Chat Podcast. Thanks for coming on. Oh, and thank yes. you. I am here with my coffee. Yes. I already had too much coffee today, so we're going to have water and hydrate. That's fair. That's yeah. also great. Um, I'm excited to have you on. I already know you kind of, so like this is going to be a fun chat, but for anyone that like doesn't know you, who is Abby? Tell yourself to the world. Uh, no hello pressure. everybody. <laughs> I know. I'm just like, I feel like I have to start with, I was born in New Zealand yeah, right. as a wee babe. Um, no, I am an actress, uh, from Melbourne. I don't know why I had to R that. I know where I live. I'm very intimate with it at the moment because we're in a 5k lockdown yes. and I'm also a financial coach uh, and I yes. prefer to work with creatives. So I call myself a financial coach for artists. I love that. So really specializing with freelancers, people in casual jobs, people just living their best hustle life while they build their career. Yeah. And that's how I met you was through that. So yes, it was. Yes, it is. That is correct. Mm. You're just, you're like, yes, she did. Fact checking. That's what we do. Yes, on the I can. Yes, we are here to provide 100% truths. No opinions here. Nope, only no, only no. truths. No, no. <laughs> how, okay. I do want to touch on how are you going with the like quarantine, the 5k? I've heard about this 5k thing. How is Look, that? I'm very lucky. My 5K has a canal and a beach and some great coffee shops because we can okay. still do takeaway coffee. But I can't really go to the beach because it's just covered with people still. And I'm not great with that. So I sort of, we walk down the canal and hit the beach and turn and walk back. So it's, it could yeah. be a lot worse. Uh, there's also a cinema within my 5K. So as soon as that opens, as soon as they yeah. sort of lift the restrictions on cinemas, then I'll be fine. I'll probably never leave my 5K ever again. So at the moment, it's just waiting for that one little level where I can get a haircut and go to the movies. Do we know, when that's, fine. Do we know when that's going to happen? Or is we there... find out on Sunday. The big day. So there was, yes, there were guidelines to a reopening, but we haven't quite hit the numbers that we wanted. Oh, no. Uh, well, that our Premier wanted to lift the restrictions. So he's been teasing that we'll open anyway, but, you know, Dan you likes to keep know. us on the edge of our seats. Oh, COVID. What All right. I know. What the heck? What That's, a winner of a year. Right? It's going to be weird that people are probably going to listen to these episodes, I don't know, in a few years' time and be like, what? COVID? The 5K radius? What are you talking about? 
I think about that frequently. I wonder yeah, if same. like 50 years later, everyone who lived through the Spanish through was like, no guys, you don't understand the Spanish flu. And everyone else was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the flu. And they're like, no, you don't get it. And in 50 years, we're going to be like, no, you don't understand. Everything shut down for a year. Guys, just a year. guys, guys, seriously, listen. So <laughs> we'll be telling our children yeah. and they'll be like, yeah, yeah, grandma, we get it. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Anyone listening to this podcast and it's, I don't know, five years time. Uh, yeah, this was not a great time for any of us. So yeah, I don't know. How, I don't know. How's it going in 2025? Yeah, I hope probably. it's great for you. Yeah. I hope, I hope it's great for cooking. me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hold on. I'll still be alive, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I'm loving it. I hope I listen yeah. back and I'm like, oh, we Ben, she didn't know what was coming. You're going to love yeah. it, Abby. <laughs> this is for our future selves actually we're gonna love yeah, it. change the name this is now the pot this is now yeah. the uh what do you call it a time capsule podcast the, the f- future you pod- yeah be cool. fun fun anyway it's not that i will podcast. give that to you <laughs> thank you yes yeah, sorry I'm on track let's circle back um okay i want to start with you talking we'll get to your finance coaching but i want to know more about you because mm-hmm. um, you're an actor first I assume. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, as opposed to finance coast first, yes, acting well, yes. is You're it's dead. my best. Um, so I first first was music theatre. I trained in music theatre. Weirdly, I sort of saw that as a more viable option than straight acting, despite the fact that I didn't dance mm-hmm. and like I'm a I'm a strong singer, but I'm not like a screlter. And so I don't know, I don't know why that was the path I chose, but I was very, very fortunate in that the, 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 uh, the academy that I went to yeah. had an excellent acting screen. And so I still got like a really solid ah. foundation in acting technique, which isn't always present in music theatre. This is true. It's normally sort of like the black sheep of the family. Yeah. It's the dance is first at some point. Um, so yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. But, uh, uh, yes. Then I, uh, and then I eventually was like, oh, hold on a minute. This music theater thing, the pursuit of this is making me miserable. And actually I just really like acting and that brings me joy. And so I did a smart pivot, a kickball change into screen acting primarily now. How how long have you been doing that? Like, when did you start? Do you still do musicals or like? No, I mean, I may come to a point where the PTSD fades enough that I can still walk into a cattle call, but at the moment Mm -hmm. it's... It's a strong, it's a strong no. I still love to sing and I still love music and I play a number of instruments, but I just, it's the man, it's the, it's the 16 bars. Uh, Do you have any stories? It was a few years ago now. Oh, okay. The single worst, the audition, this is the audition that broke me. I'm ready. This was the one where I went and it, it was a breakup. It was like, I cried for three days straight. It was like I had just broken up with, the love of my life, which is what music theater was. Uh, um, and if anyone else is going through this, like it's okay to close chapters because yeah. there's more chapters to come. You don't have to stick with it just because you have stuck with it. Uh, so I went to an audition and had my 16 bars and this was not for a full pro. This was a okay. profit share just to put in context. And it was for a show that I had already done as one of the leads in like an earlier version yeah. of it and walked in and we were all given the same sheet music 
in for a male song so it was like right up in soprano range oh, when you're singing in a female voice we weren't given time to work on it alone we just sang through it as a group a few times and then did sort of like character work while singing the song as a group and then were okay. forced to well asked to sing the song in front of everybody else in the cattle call one by one just one after the other without and so the first time i heard myself singing the song was when it was coming out of my mouth oh. in front of like 30 other people who were also singing the same song and it's like I have always been an alto. I actually have a mezzo voice, but I trained as an alto because that's you, what girl. my school needed. Yeah. And so I am not at all a soprano and I can sing. I have quite a wide range, but I need to sort of like work out where things sit in my voice. And so by singing this like crazy soprano song over and over again, I had blown out some notes and things weren't sitting where I thought they were sitting. And it was just horrific it was the most horrific experience of my life and it was also like why did I bother to prepare for this audition and then I went straight from there to a casting director workshop where it was just so different because it was so supportive and I got amazing feedback which is also a huge contrast but it was like oh let's play with it let's try this thing what did you do here how did you yeah. get to that point do you want to break it down and it was just so much more collaborative and so much more sort of celebrating the individuality of my performance versus just this horrific yeah. hor and it was back to back in the same day and so that that was the moment that broke us dear listeners um <laughs> <laughs> and oh. I don't regret it, but it is like a relationship where sometimes oh. you've been, you've poured so much into it that you're like, I can still like, I still love this. I don't, you know, I feel you. I, yeah, I had a relationship breakup with musical theater. Um, and now like I'm at that point where I've like come to peace with it. <laughs> it took a long time. Um, where now, like when I say I've come to peace, I can like sing musical theater songs for fun and not like want to cry about my voice is where I'm at. Cause for mm. a long time I had a mental block when I was like with my singing coach, I would do, he would give me musical songs and I just, for the life of me, I couldn't. Like I was like, I literally can't sing this. Like I can't because I've been mm -hmm. told my voice isn't a musical theater voice. Um, but now I can just sing it. For and fun. that's the thing is it's like, and it's because now I think the shows are the stars to a certain extent. It's funny you say this because I was just reading a fun little book about mm. this last night that was talking about when the sort of Cameron Macintosh branding came in and it became, you know, it was no longer about, and it, over here it's still a little bit like such and such in cats, but you don't have a photo anymore. You just have that logo of the cat yeah. or you, the, of the eye and you don't have such and such in Les Mis. You have the girl, you have Cosette. It's no longer like a giant face advertising the show. Yeah. And I sort of went, that is sort of what happened because if you look at, you look at people like Patti Lapone and they have incredible voices or Bernard, you know, Bernadette, oh my goodness. Bernadette Peters. Peters. Yes has such a unique individual voice. Yeah. There's no place for that sound in music theater at the moment. And the people who are succeeding and who are working regularly are yeah. phenomenally talented. I have, but they're very talented in a particular sound. I think there just isn't room for that. In, and to a degree, it's, I kind of get it because songs are written to belt as high as you can oh, and yeah. songs are written for certain but you don't sort of go into you, no one does a scene you know you might beat yourself up because you wish you'd explored something better which but no one goes into a scene and is like why can't I squint my left eyelid like Margot Robbie it's not that level of like copy paste why can't I sob like 
you know, Jodie Foster. It's, we want to explore depth of the craft, but no one's trying to copy paste an entire performance, which I think is what's put on a lot of performers in music theatre. And that was really, because it was sort of like, oh man, you know, I could have, you know, the ensemble of Les I went right there because I have such a strong choral background and that's influenced how my voice sounds. Uh, But, you know, that was it. We had our Les I wasn't in Australia when that happened. Too bad, so sad. You know? (laughs) It'll come back. Don't you worry. They'll they'll keep recycling it. Next time. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about your finance coaching. Oh, yes. (laughs) Now that you've got me all worked up and passionate. Yeah, exactly. This is how I, that's what I planned to do. I was like, all right, she's ready now. (laughs) Yeah, she's primed. (laughs) She's prepped and ready. Um, How did this start for you, your little business? So, um, so money has always been a thing. I've always Mm -hmm. liked it. You know, I dropped out of maths in high school as soon as they stopped doing. They had like a subject each year that was money and it would be like, you're running a dance, you're selling tickets for this. And it would be all these really fun, like almost algebraic equations, but with money in the moment they stopped doing that. I was like, well, this is boring now, I'm out. Um, So I've always enjoyed money. Yeah. That sounds terrible, doesn't it? It sounds terrible. I think it's, I think it's because my parents were always very open with money and how Mm -hmm. they handled money. And, you know, if something was expensive and we were having to save for it as a family or something. So it was always part of the conversation and I saw what correct handling of your money could do. Um, So it's always been, and I've always, you know, quietly bullied my friends into letting me do budgets for them or being hashtag scarily supportive when it comes to their side hustles to be like, you have this incredible talent. Can I help you set up a business with it? And so it just all sort of came to a head. And it's also, you see so many performers, you know, whether they do, they book an 18 month contract and then come out the end and within three months they're as broke as they were when they went in or, you know, who get this amazing thing and sort of going, no one tells you that side of the business. Yeah, no one, you know, true. they don't sit you down for an afternoon in your very expensive tertiary uh, institution and go, great. So now we're going to talk about budgeting or we're going to talk about investing or we're going to talk about putting money aside for your retirement if you've been invoicing yeah. because guess what that doesn't get put aside for you if you're invoicing you have to do it yeah. uh, and so it just sort of and then I heard of financial coaching which I didn't know existed it's a newer industry it's sort of it's sort of described as like a, a personal trainer for your finances mm-hmm. so it's not financial counseling helping people who are really in debt it's not financial advising which is helping people build their wealth which are both fantastic amazing amazing um supports that are available to people it's just like right in the middle being like hey guess what you didn't come onto this earth knowing how to do a budget yeah no one if it somehow everyone just sort of goes oh i'm not a grown-up i'm just bad with money it's like no no one taught you about money and that's okay but now it's time to learn exactly so in terms of your i so i've done i can praise you to the world and everyone listening. Hello, she's amazing. If you need help with your finances as creative specifically, oh my dear Lord, please contact her. And you can be anywhere in the world. And it's so different for creatives, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Um, Because obviously I'm in Vancouver, but you still helped me. So you can help anyone in the world. They don't have to just be Australian based. I just want to put that out there. Because I feel like some people are like, oh, 
the like, do they have, you know, yeah. Zoom is, yeah, it's so good. And it also yeah. means that, you know, with screen sharing, you can keep all your secure financial documents that <laughs> yeah. you're in and they're not wandering around, but it's so different for creatives because so much of the financial advice that's out there is like, well, when you get your paycheck once a fortnight, you put 30% here, 20% yeah. here, 50% here, and then like copy, paste, repeat for the next 20 years of your life. It's like, well, okay, but how does that work if I know I'm earning $100 this week and then $1,000 next week and I have two weeks of unemployment and then I'm going to get an ad, so that'll be three grand. Yeah. It's, it's, very, it's a very different beast yeah. when you're not sort of in that nine to five cycle. Yeah, which is the biggest thing I learned from it and loved about it. Because yeah, I often struggled because it was like, yeah, I, I would be working these, or even if you are, you know, as a creative, you're not always working the same hours each week. So that's mm. always just stressful in itself. Cause you're like, oh, cause I have to give up my shift for an audition. So then I don't have those eight hours now, like, yeah. you know, and navigating that, which I love. So what would be like for people who are kind of thinking about doing a session with you, but might be like shitting themselves. Mm -hmm. um, what's like the first it's a common reaction I don't yeah, take it personally exactly <laughs> I was like oh god because it's scary mm. um what would be like a first session for you or what would you tell people that you want them to know so firstly I would want them to know that there is no judgment no one is bad with money that would be like you coming in and being like oh, I'm just so bad at French if you haven't ever had anyone try and teach you French like I'm not judging you for that that's like Yes, I would expect you to be, but I think, um, so what do you mean? Like what we would cover in the first session or? Yeah, I guess it would be like a little taste test of what happens in that first session mm. to kind of rip mm. the bandaid off. Oh yeah. Okay. So we do rip the bandaid off in we the most visceral do. sense of the term because the first session is the most sort of challenging for a lot of people because there's a lot of number work. And if you can get through that, it's all uphill from there. Um, but we definitely, yeah, I have some homework I get people to do with looking through their previous transactions because I think confronting your current spending habits and actually looking at where your money goes is the foundation. And then in the first session, we go through and we look at a system and a structure that works for you and that you're actually happy and confident that you can maintain, uh, for a budget for man managing your money. And that might be like, I have amazing artists who track their money every day yeah because that makes them feel like they're in control where they touch base with their money once a month because they just don't want to have to think about it uh and then that's something that we continue to sort of tweak as we work together i mean you had it as well sort of going oh this isn't working this is working yeah. this is too much money in this category this isn't enough mm -hmm. Uh, and then once that's in place and we've got the draft in place, then across the next sessions, we sort of look at mindset and goals and perhaps other incomes that you can be getting. Because let's be honest, a lot of times artists work in jobs that we're sort of told by society that we should be working in and they're frequently not the highest paid ones. So there's sort of a lot of room out there for a lot of artists to earn some income that's not generated from waiting tables or working in yeah. retail but it's working to sort of build financial education and confidence mm -hmm. because I, my goal is that every artist that I work with walks away going, I know how to do this again for myself when my circumstances yeah. change. And as they sort of keep building, the next step is going, I'm going to go to a financial advisor and make sure that I have systems in place to build my wealth for future me. Yes. 
yeah. which is a huge, which is a huge step to be able to justify that cost of going to someone and going, here's my money, make it more money, please. <laughs> yep, make me rich. <laughs> make me more money. It's the thing is like looking after us is so important and like yeah. helping artists have the flexibility to take time off work or to do projects to or to invest in their career is great. Yeah. But my secondary or maybe primary goal, they flick back and forth is that artists get to 65, 70, 75, 80 and can retire if they want to. That yeah. is, I'm so passionate about that because you know, the government might not be there for us. And I think yeah. if you get to 80 and you've had an amazing career and now you just want to take the take, I mean, 80, you'd be, you know, you might be, you might still be living it, but you just want to take the brakes off a little bit. And then you look at your bank and go, oh, I actually can't. That's, there's not money here to support me. Yeah. It's too late then. So getting artists in that mindset of going, I need to, I need to get this foundation laid now. And yeah. then it's just going to tick away in the background. I love that. I love it. And I, I hope you get more clients out of this. <laughs> just word of mouth, you know, like, I don't want to get you out there and just like. That's kind of what it has to be because, and I knew that going in because like, no one likes to think about money, particularly artists. They don't like to confront that. And they, they sort of have this story. They tell themselves that they're, they're creative. So they're not going to do the finance thing but it's sort of one person by one person. I want people to be like, no, you need to get your house in order. It's yeah. like, it's like working out. We might not like doing it a lot of the time, but I think there's generally most people would agree that when we do it, we feel better. And it's oh, sort of yeah. investing in strong bones and strong muscles when we're older. And so it's sort of going, it's, you just got to do it. You don't have to you do it every day. It you don't even have to do it three times a week. unlike working out whatever number it is they tell you it's, it's just three. making that investment now to build your house exactly so what are you offering at the moment like I know you do one-on-ones but you've also been doing some exciting group stuff I have so yes. that's been it's been fun and a bit of a challenge I'm just I'm halfway now through hello if any of my beautiful my beautiful Friday night people <laughs> are listening doing group workshops which has been a real challenge sort of because you, I, we, there's a lot of back and forth when I work one-on-one -on -one with people, as you would attest to. There's a lot of yes. jibber-jabber. There's a yeah. lot of me just like poking a little bit to see what's really going on, uh, which is a lot more difficult in a group session. Yeah. Um, so that's been fun to sort of retool some of the things that I do so it works for a larger group of people. Um, so, and that's been really well received. So I might do that again. Ooh. Not next month, but in a couple of months. And then at the moment I have a sort of discounted package for artists, which is what we worked through together. So four weeks of sort of intense one-on-one -on -one sessions and then two months of shorter fortnightly sessions to just sort of touch base, keep accountable. Yeah. Me being like, did you do that thing you said? How's this thing going? What's happening? Cause I think that's so, I mean, yeah. that's just based on me as a person knowing I will procrastinate till the absolute last moment. And so it's a built-in protection against uh, procrastination. So you can really like actually lock in those habits and get a strong yeah. runway. So it's worth your money. Oh, and I love it because I think, especially this accountability is so important to just be like, and someone to just be like, Hey, you know, especially with me, like, uh, Hey, did you think about that purchase you did? Did you really need it? Think about yeah. it. <laughs> or like, Hey, last time we talked, you said you wanted to do this, this, and this. How did yes. that go? How did it Have happen? Because it's like, you can absolutely throw money at someone and be like, take care of this for me. 
that's mm. very expensive uh, to make the most on the yeah. investment. It's like, you've invested this time in learning how to do it. Now I'm here to make sure you actually implement it. Because how many times have we done like a workshop? I mean like, yeah. oh yeah, that's great. And really diligently taken notes yeah. and been like, oh, this is going to change my whole life. And then just never looked at that page in the notebook again. Oh my gosh. So many acting workshops. <laughs> right. It's embarrassing. And I hate myself for it. There's so I just workshops. assume that every... Yeah. Like I've done like, they're like, yeah, you've done really awesome, like grounding exercises. And I'm like, I'm going to do this every single day. And I've never Mm -hmm. done it. Like, and I did the workshop (laughs) a year ago and I'm like, fuck, damn it. (laughs) Yeah. And so then that's like not making the most of your investment to bring it back. You invested in you. And like, it's kind of like, I've never thought of this before, but it's kind of like dollars per wear in an outfit. Like the more you wear it, the lower the dollars per wear got. It's like the more you use the stuff you learned in a workshop, the lower the dollar per lesson, I guess. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. And I'm also going to use that for my clothing because I have dollars per wear. Heck yeah. yeah. Ooh. Because it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, $150 in a pair of jeans might feel like a lot, but if you're going to wear that pair of jeans five times a week for the next two years, that's a lot better than $80 on a special occasion dress that you're going to wear twice. Dollars per wear. Thanks mom. That's been drilled into me since like my birth. Thank you, Avi's mom. (laughs) That was really awesome. I'm actually going to take that. I'm going to take that for life. Mm. Dollars per wear. Yeah. Yeah. But it is this, it's this, it's a Terry Pratchett um, analogy that I really like about boots, which is sort of like, if you have the money, you can afford to invest in a great pair of boots. That's going to last you 10 years. Then you just sort of get it resold when you need it. But if you don't have the money, you are forced to buy like a shitty pair of boots that lasts one year and you need to buy a new pair of boots every year because you never have that money to invest in the good pair. That's going to last you 10 Mm -hmm. years. So it's like cheaper, in the original instance, but then it's going to cost you so much more across 10 years. So that's also to bring it back to budgeting (laughs) is having that money to invest in the good thing once. It's like being able to buy, buy. It's like being able to pay someone for us. Like you don't really buy headshots to buy, but like amazing headshots that are going to really serve you and that you're going to actually be able to use until your look changes versus like a terrible set of headshots because you couldn't afford anything more. And then six months later, you're going, these are holding me back. I need to get new headshots. It's having the money. It's having the money in your corner to invest in something that's actually going to be of value to you versus getting the thing that your money says you can afford. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that because I'd also like to point out um, something that came out of like our sessions is that um, you have a beautiful, if you do coaching with her, you'll know this, the beautiful pie graph when you put in all your little, it's <laughs> yes. a pie, is it a pie graph? No, it is. Yeah, it's, wow. a, it's, it's a pie graph. It's a pie it graph. took me like a whole afternoon and about five years off my life. Cause I am not an Excel guru. Excel is hard. It's very hard. It is. But well done to you for figuring oh, thank that you. out. <laughs> yeah, it works through. Cause I was, I'm a very visual person. And so for, I mean, we're on an oral medium right now, but it's a pie chart. So as you put in your spending, um, when we first start working together, I have sort of a, a budget where I do get you to track every day until we can sort of streamline the system. And it breaks down in beautiful pastel colors It does where your money goes. So you can like visually see, oh, most of my money goes on Uber or most of my money goes on my rent or yeah. most of my money goes on my career. Yeah. 
And I think it's so beautiful. It was like one of the things when I looked at it in that way, because I also am quite a visual person, I was like, oh, this is making sense. Like all of my money is going to coffee. <sighs> right. And I'm not yeah. opposed to that if that's what you want. But exactly. it's like if you, and this is the thing, and it's the reason that I think it's so important to actively look at where your money's going versus where you think it's going. Yeah. Because if you say that you, you know, you're 100, two feet in, so invested in your career, that is the most important thing to you. Yeah. But then you never spend any time or money on your career and actually all of your money's going to takeaways and Netflix. Yeah. Then kind of maybe that's where your real priority is. Mm. I'm yes. not saying you have to spend millions on your career, but it does require financial investment or time investment from time to time. Yeah. Because sitting at home waiting for the phone to call, phone to ring is not how not, we. It's not work. really, yeah, it's not what you should be doing. Um, yes. <laughs> mm. um, I do want to ask, so, okay, if I'm going to let you give a little pitch for anyone who is listening right now and is like, they might almost be there and being like, Ooh. I know, this is, I just thought of this on the spot. Um, okay. Oh gosh, I'm feeling pressure. <laughs> okay, yeah. Breathe, um, breathe. <laughs> Get, drink the coffee. Yeah, that'll help. That'll help. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's getting cold. That's okay. right. It's iced now. No. <laughs> okay. So someone listening is like, okay, yeah, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about doing it, but they're still a little bit on the edge. Why should they jump on board and say yes? I would say that learning these habits now and spending this like three months that I work with people is going to change the next 30 years of your life easily. Yeah. Because if you learn these habits and you implement them and I don't do like little disclaimer, I don't do taxation or investment advice. I'm not allowed to, and it's not really, it's not my wheelhouse. I just do building habits to help you take control of your money. And we live in a capitalist society. So if you have the money there, then you have the freedom to do what you want to do. And when you have that money there, you also have, can give your money the gift of time, which serves yeah. both your money and your career. Because thinking about it now means in 10 years time, you've got 10 years of savings and good habits behind you. And the same with your career, making changes and choices now in your career means in 10 years time, you've had 10 years of implementing yeah. your skills. So I think it's that thing of going, the sooner you can just rip that bandaid off and go, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, but it's something that I need to do the sooner that that can start making changes in your life. Cause the thing is, this is a little, it's a little tangent, but it's something I'm so passionate about. And I think yeah. it's something actors and creatives don't acknowledge is that the people around us, are, you know, they get their money from their, the civilians. They get the money from their nine to five. I had to stop calling them normal people. Cause I thought that was a bit mean, <laughs> but the civilians, yes, the people outside and that's, that's it. And they get their money and their paycheck and it has to cover their rent and their electricity and their hobbies and their travel. And that's fine. And then they'll probably put yeah. some in savings if they've got good habits. We get our paycheck, which is probably if you're an artist, I would honestly say 70, 50 to 70% because according to the Bureau yeah. of Statistics here in Australia, the average annual income 
is just under $85,000. I have yet to work with an artist who makes that much. Oh my God. So it's like, I'm sorry. Firstly, we earn 50 to 70% of what they earn working probably the same number of hours. And then on top of having to do our rent, our electricity, our holidays, our savings, it also has to be our headshots, our showreels, flying for auditions, taking time off work to do unpaid stuff, doing workshops, networking, And so our money has to work so much harder. We just can't afford to let it do its own thing. You know, it's like training a dog. If you've got like a little chihuahua, maybe you can get away with not training it because you can just like pick it up and put it in timeout. But if you've got a freaking Doberman, you can't afford to not train it. It's true. That's a weird analogy that I just came up with then. But I think it kind of makes sense. It's like the bigger the dog the more you're asking your money to do, the more it needs to be trained and you need to, and I'm not saying like wring every penny of joy out of your money. I'm just saying, look at it and make sure it's because the thing is, if you are sort of in a good relationship with your money, then spending money should bring you joy because you know that it's serving you. Exactly. Even if that's buying a coffee, if, if it's in your budget and you've decided and allocated that money, then buying that coffee has no guilt associated with it. Getting that Uber Eats has no guilt associated with it because you know that you're in control of your money and you're making a conscious decision. Yeah, exactly. So it's just acknowledging. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's it's an accepted part of being a creative, at least if you're on the audience facing side, that our personal grooming, our maintenance, our appearance is an is an aspect and perhaps has to be considered more than civilians. Money is the same. We just have to acknowledge that. And so the sooner you sort of confront that and rip off the bandaid and just go, it's time, it's just time to do it, uh, the sooner that you can really start to make those huge changes or maybe tiny changes, but changes that mean that you're not going to get to 30 or 40 and everyone around you has babies and houses and secure paychecks and you're going, I'm still waitressing and living hand to mouth and I can't do it anymore. And that's when people... And that, I don't want that. I want people to step away from something because if they choose to, it's because they've found something they love more or they've gotten what they want out of it and they're willing to close that book and walk away with peace. But I don't want it to be because people just can't afford to keep doing it anymore and they can't emotionally keep doing it anymore. So if your finances are in order and you've got, then you can sort of be like, you know what? I can do this for another 30 years. Bring it. Yeah, I know I'm secure. I might not be earning as much as, you know, the civilians, but I know I'm secure. I know I've made investments. I know that I've looked out for my future and I can still afford to start a family. So bring it. I'm in this for the long haul. Yeah, no, I agree. And I also love that you (laughs) even, I know that's so, like when I first met you, that like you were just so goddamn passionate about it. It was like, I had to say yes. (laughs) I was like, I, I mean, yes, you're selling it to me. I can't, I can't say no to you. <laughs> it's just like, well, you look at the last year and go, how many artists? I mean, also how many huge multinational corporations within five days were like, well, we're out. But yes, that's, that's a reflection of the horrific state of events. Yeah. And like the governments don't take us seriously. So we kind of need to take ourselves seriously. Exactly. No, I agree. Well, I, I want, do want to ask you as well, because, you know, it's your little, your little business, your little hustle, my baby. Well, little baby. What has been some like challenges for you starting that? Has there been something that you were like, oh, like that just, you know, for anyone, I guess, who is starting their own little business that for you, you were like, wow, I wish I'd known before. 
Yes. I mean, I come from a history of fun little startups uh, because yeah. I freaking love it, man. I just, really I do. just love, <laughs> I, I always start like a fun thing. Like I've run a kid's party business. I've run like yeah. cognac sponges before they were cool. I used to import and sell those, which are like really fantastic little face sponges that you can use without, I mean, they're brilliant. Look them up, K-O-N-J-A-C. Uh, and so I've had just a whole host of little businesses and each one I sort of learned something and then went, okay, mm -hmm. I've learned from that. I've broken even, let's walk away or made a profit. Let's walk away yeah. like kids parties. Oh, I don't actually like kids. Um, maybe it's time to close that chapter. And fun. so things that I tried to bring to this is I know that sometimes it's very easy to get carried away and invest a lot of money, mm -hmm. be that like a fancy way website or logos or um, signing up to sort of like big long-term subscriptions for things yeah. without looking at uh, whether you are going to be able to commit to this. And so I took inspiration from the beautiful Emily Joy, who doesn't like, yes, love it, but just does her thing and that amazing word of mouth. I think by the time the third person goes, you need to go see Emily. You just go freaking fine. Okay, I'll go. Jeez. Uh, and so I was like, no, Abby, don't need a website. Don't need it. Like just yeah. test the waters. And so now I'm building a website, but it's not from a like, Ooh, I'm going to focus on all this pretty packaging. Instead, I focused on working with people building my systems, making sure that I was actually able to provide what I wanted to provide. And now I'm working on the packaging. Amazing. So I think that's a huge thing is I, particularly in the Instagram world, we very much focus on sometimes the parcel versus the product. Yeah. And the other true. thing I would say, I mean, it's something that I always say to creatives is know your value mm -hmm. and acknowledge that I think what we are valued at as creatives by the industry is a lot less than our value by civilians. So if you're looking at doing something that is for the outside world, yeah, you can charge a lot more. And like, you'll find out where that sweet spot is, but a good place to start is going, how many hours or how much money do I need to survive a week? Or how much money do I need to thrive a week? Yeah. And you'll know that because you'll have built your beautiful budget. And then going, well, how many hours can I devote to this? And then using that rather than going, oh, I, I think I can charge a hundred bucks for this. Yeah. You know, but if it's a hundred bucks, but it takes you 10 hours to do, then you're working at $10 an hour and you'd be better off $10 an hour minus tax minus super or some investment in your future, which you'll go to your financial advisor about, uh, which means you'd be better just sitting at a, sitting at a reception desk somewhere yeah. and do that. So it's sort of knowing that, what you're doing has to be because you don't you want something that's going to support your creativity and give you time to work on that you don't want something you're going to have to work 60 hours a week on to make ends meet so it's being really honest with that and then also being very confident mm -hmm. in the value that you bring because so many artists come from a place of being one of a million yeah. And so going, oh, well, I'll just charge less. I'll just charge less. But I have a friend and not in the arts, but somebody that I know who works as a consultant in an IT area, his firm hires him out at $2,000 a day. Wow. Because big corporations have no idea. Like they just, the, the budgets and things like that are weird. I myself have been 
uh, in like a team building workshop and been like, I know that the person running this has probably been paid multiples of thousands of dollars wow. because the companies and it's like in their HR budget. So just know that you as an artist might be going, um, well, I guess 300 is that, is that too much? Please love yeah. me. And so I'm not, absolute I'm not saying start there but I'm just yeah. saying get actual industry information before you run out and pricing yourself yeah because we are so good at undervaluing ourselves and that comes from a history of you know investing 300 hours of our life into a profit share production that gives us 60 bucks or doing five days on an unpaid like we are so used to undervaluing yeah. ourselves but if you're starting a side business it's a side business and it is there to be your sugar daddy it is there to fund your dreams and so yes. like don't mess around also doing your side business to you know what I mean I love that's that not, like, yeah. that's what your that's what your creative career that's that's your money drain so yeah. your side business has to be your money grab and it is it is there to be like the maximum amount of return from the minimum amount of effort so if you okay we're gonna do some fun rapid fire questions I'm so ready I just finished um, my coffee so I am pumped. you are buzzed <laughs> Okay, and this is exciting because I revamped my rapid fire questions. So I have some new ones that like we're gonna. Okay, great. I know. So, woo. Okay. Oh my god, which one do I want to ask you? Um, we're gonna do. So, describe yourself in three words. Uh, giggly, intense. Yeah. Very white. I don't know. <laughs> that was. It's a really hard question. Describe yourself in three words. Hey, you can't do that. <laughs> you know what though? I just reverted to my acting type and I was like, no, that's not what, that's not I me. Know. I was like, I, what I'm like, cast as. <laughs> I mean, also I've been giggling for the last hour. So I mean, it's very and top that, of the brain. That one checks out. Um, <laughs> intense, I was like, I would move it more to like passionate. Oh yeah. Okay. I'll take passionate. That's yeah. That's probably um, a better word. And I mean, why, why are you? Like literally, I mean, I am sure you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's summer over here. We've just moved into sunscreen season. I am very aware oh my of God. my melanin. Oh no! Do you burn easily? Oh, like you oh, would not believe. No. That sucks. Yeah. You. <laughs> well, thanks for that. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> You take that beautiful, diverse heritage and you suck it. Yeah, because when I get sunburned, I tan. So. Uh -huh. I don't tan. Yes. I just freckle and then I go back to white. <laughs> I spend oh. so much money on sunscreen. Oh, it's oh. the worst part of my budget. <laughs> you know, like it's like the pie charts, like sunscreen. It's like half of it. Um, what do you first notice about someone when you meet them? Ooh. Mm. Man, I mean, well, it has to be kind of their appearance, isn't it? You know what? It's if there's a smile in their eyes. Oh, Isn't that the weirdest, creepiest thing? But I swear, you know how you have some people and they just, they come with, they just have a little bit of, a bit of a joy. Yeah. And they might not be smiling, but there's just sort of a, and those are the people that I connect with. And, you know, frequently they're also the nerds who I also connect with because there's just a joy in their life. Yeah. Um, and it might be a wry smile or it might be, but like, there are some very intense people in the world and I just don't have the energy to absorb that. So it's oh, definitely, if they're coming and it's like, ah, oh, there's, you, you've just got a bit of lightness in your step and a smile in your eyes. Yeah. And that's someone that I want to be around. Oh, that's so beautiful. Oh, 
a little little smile in their eyes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know how to put it into words. But you know what I'm. You know what I mean. I do. Yeah. What is your? What's your like cheesy? I know cheesy acting question, but what is your dream role? Ooh, I really like strong, intelligent people with an edge or a crack. Like oh. I really like poking that hole. So. Someone once was like, I would love to see you in a remake of you as the serial killer. And I was like, you know what? I would love to do a remake of you as the serial killer. Please write it for me. Oh my God. That would be, oh, can we just take a moment? Like a female version of that. Which is basically killing Eve, but she is, she uses, but she uses her sexuality in a way that is so specific to her. Whereas I think the, the thing that I love about you is that it's very much just it's that, it's that disguise it's that yeah. normal versus so it's like oh yeah so i reckon something i mean i haven't seen walking dead but i imagine there's a role on the walking dead that I'd be oh like, my gosh this is my jam you have you you haven't seen the walking dead like in I mean, it's on the to-do list i'm sure it's fantastic it is good i yeah you would vibe it yes yes, yes you would vibe it <laughs> i just like i want to play strong amazing females <laughs> with the dark side because women always have to be like strong and noble it's like I no know. i want to be strong strong and also a little bit broken but yeah. then i also want to like have a fight scene yeah and beat shit out of stuff i feel you i always want to play a psychopath <laughs> it's just it's it's so so few roles allow us to explore that exactly side of ourselves they all, they all go to the men like apparently all no let me kill someone please uh, my favorite thing is people being like, oh, you know, X proportion of psychopaths are men. It's some crazy high percentage. And, and then the comeback is very much, maybe the women just aren't caught. Because from a very early yeah. age, as females, we police ourselves yeah. and we learn to please. Maybe females just got better at it. And that Snap. is the truth. Mm-hmm. That's the truth, people. Yeah. <laughs> also, we get really good at getting blood out of things. Yeah, exa- so, exactly. Life skill. So if anyone out there wants to write me like an amazing yeah. genre role where I just get to be, I don't know, an incredibly badass woman, but also where I don't have to be twig thin or have a six pack because I just do not have the patience or the physical capability for that. So yeah. that would be great. There's probably also something in Battlestar Galactica. Battleship? Battlestar Galactica? Yeah. I reckon there's probably something in there. Yeah. Which, again, I should watch. Terrible actor being like, oh, yeah, I know my exact yeah, role like- in the shows that I've never seen. <laughs> I did watch the first episode of it. Battleship? Battlestar Galactica. I think it's Battlestar, yeah. Well, if yeah. we're wrong. No, it's Battlestar. Because okay. I, I had seen like the 70s version because that's my family. Yeah. Uh, and so I watched the first episode and I was like, this is just a theatre script. It's everybody on one stage yeah. having this really exposition heavy conversation. And I really enjoyed it. So maybe I should go back and watch it again. <laughs> I think so you should. Many, I know. I know. <laughs> All these Gosh. things are coming up now for you that you're I know. like, oh, I know my homework for the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. It's a tricky thing because people always say that and, you know, very diligent actors will be like, this role, this role, this role. And I go, well, every role that those people are in, they've really nailed and they've owned. And what I want is roles of mine that I can nail yes. and I can own. So there's absolutely, you know, things like the room where I go, oh, sink my teeth oh. in and just really own that. But she did an incredible job there and yeah. that 
hers now and I just want something parallel or better. I agree with okay, you. Last question right. before we wrap up. These have not been rapid fire. I'm so sorry. Oh, they never are. I'm changing, I'm changing one of my words to verbose because <laughs> I just... <laughs> it's more like I try to ask them rapidly, but then it turns into an in-depth conversation. And I love it because <laughs> it's just yeah. like... It's like <laughs> um, okay, last question to wrap up. What's the best thing that's happened to you this month? This month? What day are we? 16th month. of October. We're in October, yeah. So, so far in October. Oh God! <laughs> it's not the best thing at all. I just thought about the the the, the most striking twenty twenty the most twenty twenty thing to happen to me this month was I was sitting in an acting class. My cat started hooking up a furball, and so I like scooched out of the acting class, ran to pick her up to throw her onto the tiles, and she vomited on my foot as I was running. And then I stepped in her vomit as I was running. And if that's not no. twenty twenty, I don't know what is. But that's not the best thing. Um, what's the best thing? Oh. That's, you know what, just sort of being able to pull myself back into a mindset that serves me every time I sort of go down on the COVID coaster, Yeah, being able to pull it back and to be productive for my career and the thing that I love that's the best thing. And I'm really proud of that. And I'm sorry, that sounds very like, and, and, and people don't have to be productive right now. That is not what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm just saying for me, constantly resetting and being like, again, go again, just yeah. pick I yourself up and go that. again. And that's something that isn't always easy, but yeah. it's, it's something that I'm really proud of because it's been a shit year. Oh yes, it has. I, but it's also finding the, like, it's been a shit year, but it's also still finding the joy and the little wins in that. Because, you yeah, know, I think celebrating those wins. Yeah. I think, like, you know, of course, we're all acknowledging it's a shit year, but, you know, it's, you can't always just be like, oh, well, it's a write off. It's like, well, no, like, you know, you can yeah. do something if you want to, you know, like, if you, at the moment, can't be productive, like you said, totally, it's okay. Do your mm, own and- thing. I've been trying to give myself permission to not be productive every day because like every creative out there, I feel like any moment where I'm not actively doing something is a moment wasted. So I've been trying to balance that, but yeah, I don't, I don't want to push sort of toxic positivity because that's definitely not what it is. But for me, just being able to stand up, brush myself off and go again, do it again. Yeah. Wow, we really just ended the podcast <laughs> on like a really triumphant note. <laughs> it was just like, woo! <laughs> it's all we can do as humans, really, at this the moment. True. This is true. Surviving. Mm-hmm. Um, you survived my podcast. Congratulations. Heck yes. Thank you. Do I get like a medal or a badge or something? Like a patch. I know. In the moment, Work. as I that said would be that, cute. Yeah. Right? it left my mouth and I went, I have nothing to offer you, but oh, Except the joy of your company. <laughs> That's I- enough. Exactly. Exactly. You're welcome for this. (laughs) Thank you. It is a gift across the ocean and I accept it. Yes. (laughs) 
Thanks for listening to the Coffee Chat Podcast. Feel free to follow on Instagram at coffeechat.podcast and share the love. You're awesome, and I hope you have a great day, night, or afternoon, wherever you are, and I'll see you in the next episode.